Thanks for listening to the Issue Podcast. If you like what you hear, then be sure to catch us every week on all your streaming services. Make sure to follow our social media. All links can be found in the description of our episodes. Email us your thoughts. Our email is theissuemailbox at gmail.com. Also, sign up for the newsletter while you're there. And uh, you can do that by going to our website that we have linked in this episode. All you have to do is put in your email and click sign up. Guys, don't forget to like, subscribe, share with your friends. And thanks for listening to The Issue. You are now locked in and listening to The Issue. You look at this schedule. Find me the wins here. Find me the wins. You've got to be delusional if you think he's elite. Well, from what I'm seeing right now, he's a top 10 guy in this league, no doubt. Absolutely, I think they can be for a championship. I, I don't even think that's a, a debate I'm willing to, to have. This is The Issue. Yo, what's up? We are back. It is The Issue. It is Wednesday, September 8th, and we have another episode for you guys today. Like the intro? How you like the intro? Oh, oh. I was hyped. That was, it like got me like even more in the zone. I was sitting here and I'm, I'm just like, it was the first time I think we listened, I, like listening to it the full way through at like seeing it, you know, go across the screen. Yeah. You're like, ooh, you're okay. Yeah. All right. So, okay, we, you know, we said we had something to unveil for you guys today. So that's not the only thing. We're going to start the show off. We now have our subscription episodes going we have a subscription platform for the issue it's called the issue mic'd up and just kind of explain what's going to be on there yeah so anchors we'll use to to record our podcast set it all up and everything and uh they're, they're really awesome and they got a bunch of uh, of cool features and the latest of those cool features which we've been waiting for for a while is i they had a name for it but it's basically a, a subscription service um through them that allows you to purchase I guess, like, premium content. Through Anchor and Spotify, yes. Yeah, and uh, so I, I would say the difference, if you're asking, between, like, this this show and what that show is going to be, um, the main difference is, is going to be, there's going to be a heavy, heavier emphasis on, like, fantasy and betting in that, in the paid subscription episodes, right. and, and eventually I think that's going to spill over, over into, like, a lot more guests and interviews and stuff as yeah. well. Yeah, our goal for the subscription is to get a bunch of guests on we're going to start interviewing um, a bunch of different college athletes especially barstool athletes that we're going to be bringing on the show having a couple conversations with them it's going to be nice and laid back right and the price for that is $3.99 a month you can get that link um, the link to you know go sign up for it in our link tree it's also on our website so go there follow that button it'll take you over you can use apple pay you can use a credit card whatever $3.99 a month full access to the issue mic'd up. It's all of the best stuff from he- that doesn't even make it on the show here. But the best yeah. stuff from here p- plus the stuff that doesn't even make it on. Yeah. And um, I would say that the, the cost, it's more of an investment. Remember, if you like betting, just invest. You invest the three ninety nine a month. You're going to make money back if you listen to us. I, I feel right pretty decent about it. We're I feel right pretty a lot. decent about it. Put, put some scratch down on some of the stuff we, we recommend. Not all of it, obviously. Some of it, some that you feel really good about and that we might feel really good about, might make some money, might be more of an investment than it is a cost. Yeah. Uh, So go sign up for that. Go sign up because the first episode comes out Friday night, just in time to get you all the the betting lines, everything you need to know for college football Saturday, some of the bigger games, and then all of Sunday's games. Um, We're going to get into a little bit of the betting for Thursday night here on this show today. But um, if you want the the full subscription betting for this weekend, go sign up. First episode comes out on Friday. We'll go through every single game, some prop bets as well. Because prop bets are fun. I love prop bets. Right. Um, you know, who's going to score the first touchdown, stuff like that. So I, I always love the prop bet of the Super Bowl, who, what, you know, what color Gatorade's getting oh, dumped on yeah. the coach. Those are, those are, I, I like those prop are bets. Fun They're fun, yeah. So go sign up, subscribe. Um, and then when you're done with that, go follow our Instagram. 
That is at the underscore issue podcast on Instagram and then just at the issue podcast on Twitter. Um, you know, link trees in the bio of Twitter and our website is in the bio of Instagram. You can find all of our links from either one. And uh, yeah, send us an email. Uh, the issue mailbox at gmail.com. So we got all of that stuff out of the way. Let's jump into it. We're going to start out with our predictions for Thursday night. The first game of the season, the Bucks and the Boys. Um, gets to travel to Florida, to Tampa Bay. So, uh, hope it doesn't rain. I would hate for rain to be a factor. I hate, I hate watching football in the rain. Can't do it. Um, I think it's kind of clear who, who the winner is here. I don't really have any, any huge, crazy predictions here. I was digging. I was telling you earlier. I was, um, you know, digging for, for some hot take, right? You know, saying that Dallas, is, you know, has this advantage here. And that they I, could somehow pull it off. Yeah, I really don't feel good about it, though. Like, I, I even went down to, like, oh, what's Brady after Super Bowls, right? Like, what's he in week one after he wins the Super Bowl? Um, and you found what? He's 4-2. So, yeah. like, I mean, it was after his first Super Bowl he lost the next year, and then there was one of them later in his career that he lost. Um, I, I wasn't even that bad. So, I, I couldn't find anything that would lead me to say Dallas wins. Now, I would say, like, I have a hot take of saying – Tampa Bay is probably going to cover the eight-point spread. Like, they are favored by eight points on Fox Bet. That's a lot of points. Don't don't get me wrong. That's a lot of points to absorb. I feel, I feel like, fine about it, though. Normally, NFL spreads are, like, super tight compared to, like, a college spread. This one seems, like, more like a college spread to me. Eight, eight but, seems like what a spread you would get, like, like in an Alabama-LSU game when Alabama's, like, significantly better than LSU. And at home. Yeah. Um... I like the points here as well because you just have a powerhouse offense going against a thrown together kind of it's the Cowboys like mid-level defense not even you can't even call it that. I would say they're they couldn't a stop bad, a nosebleed last year. So. Yeah, I would say they're a bad defense. Like also people are forgetting like oh, Dak's coming back healthy. Get but his offensive line is like not good. So no. that's great that Dak's coming back healthy. Did anyone watch the Super Bowl last year? Patrick Mahomes is missing his number one and number two lineman. Now, though, Dak's missing his um, his number one, not his number two. So, I mean, he's a little bit better than Mahomes. But did you see Mahomes run for his life? Yeah. Like, did anyone else see that? You're telling me Dak's going to be able to do it and succeed and cover eight points? That just doesn't make any sense. Like, I don't... Right. If a better quarterback on the bigger stage couldn't do it, what makes you think a quarterback returning from injury with no offensive line and absolutely no help is going to be able to... I would say also ask yourself, like, what unit is Dallas, like, significantly better at? Like, off the line, I'd go Tampa Bay. Quarterback, I'd go Tampa. Weapons are close. Weapons are close. I would say if you include tight end group, I like Tampa. Mm-hmm. Um, running backs, I think Zeke is the best running back in the football game, but as a unit, it's pretty close. I might give a slight edge to Dallas. I don't mind Tony Pollard as their backup. I might give a slight edge to Dallas. And then you go to the defensive side, linebackers, secondary, D-line, safeties. I like I like Tampa in every single one of those categories. Throw coaching in there, Tampa, Tampa that, yeah. Yeah. It's not even really that close. It's a complete all-around unanimous win in my eyes. I mean, I just simply don't see how Dallas trying to put the pieces back together with Dak coming back is going to... I just, I, I, like I said, I really don't see it. Um, the over-under is 51 and a half. What Wait. do you think? What do you, we're not going to, we're not going to tell you, I'm not going to tell you what I think about the over-under. 51 and a half. I'm not going to tell you what I think about that. Remember, that's, that's some, that's some juicy information. That's some, that's some, that's some mic'd up stuff. Yeah, that's there. some, the issue mic'd up information, so. But. Go subscribe for the what over-under. What I will tell you, I'm going to pr- predict my score here. Okay. Right, so I do like, I do like. Brady and the Bucks to win. Like them to cover, like I said. I don't think they're going to go, like, crazy. I think they're still going to put up, like, 30-plus points. I don't think they're going to go, like, nuts, though. I'm going to go with a 31-19 win. I think Dallas is probably going to kick a, a lot of field goals because I think they are going to be able to move the ball a little bit. They're too talented to not move the ball. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, I think that defense is, is going to almost be like a bend-not break. You could look up and Dak could have, like, 300 yards. In like the at the end of the third quarter, right? But them have like ten points. You yeah. know what I mean? So I, I think nineteen feels about right for me. So I'm gonna go thirty-one nineteen Buccaneers. Okay. I like thirty-eight 
24. Okay. Yeah. 38, 24. I do think, I don't think those any, or I think it's going to be closer in the end because of the garbage time stats and because think, of the garbage time scores from Dallas. Yeah. I don't think any of those points I'm talking about, any of those 24 points. I think it's going to feel more of a blowout than the final score indicates, I think is what you're saying. 100%. Yeah. I think they're just going to be outplayed the entire night. Yeah, I agree. Um, I don't, I don't, like I said, I just don't think it's it's all that close. Now, let's go with some keys to win for both. I'm going to give it for both teams. I think we should give it for both teams. Okay. Although, you know, I still think Tampa's going to win. So let's start with, we'll start with Dallas, right? If Dallas were, were to go in there and upset, because they are, that's a pretty, that's a big underdog. Like, if they were to go in there and upset Tom Brady and the Bucks, like, how are they going to do it? I would say one is running the football, right? Without Zach Martin, it's going to be tough. But you absolutely can't have Dak drop back like 50 times. You you have to be able to run the football. I would say that's a number one key for Dallas. What do you think? Yeah, it has to be because you can't let Tom Brady hold the ball for too long. No, no, no. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. yeah you get to keep the ball away from him is what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the more you can just keep pounding that and just trying to somewhat wear, out, wear down that defense a little bit to hit him over the top if you can later in the game – that has to be game plan number one. To come in, run up the middle, inside zone, establish dominance at the point of attack and at that line. Yeah, even agree. though, especially with the with a worse offensive line, they're gonna have to yeah. off the gates punch them in the mouth. Yeah, you have to you have to be like aggressive. You can't let that offensive line become exploited. You have to kind of let them get out and go a little bit. Um, I would say like defensively for Dallas, a key. Um, not. <laughs> It's like it's not a whole lot that an inexperienced young defense with a new defensive coordinator can do to a Tom Brady offense. Like, what is he and Byron Leftwich who has been around, right? Like, what is what is that defense going to be able to do to Tom Brady? Not a whole lot. Now, I would say if you can muddy the pocket a little bit, like if you can get to Tom Brady, that that is the recipe generally, and it's up the middle um, how you generally can mess with him a little bit. Like remember that Super Bowl against the Rams. They had, what, they scored 10 points, did the Patriots? Mm -hmm. Well, because you have Aaron Donald, the number one interior defensive lineman probably ever to play the game of of football, right? So you were able to get up the middle pressure on Brady and make him uncomfortable. That's kind of the way to win if you want to beat him. Now, the issue is they have nobody to get interior defensive pressure, so I don't think it'll happen. But if you can generate that, that'd be a good start. It would be. Um how about a key to win for uh, another thing? One more no, thing for one the more thing, Dallas? for the Dallas yeah. offense. Going back to that, yeah, it's very obvious, but I feel like it has to be said: limit turnovers. You can't turn the ball over against a Tampa Bay Buccaneers team like this, especially when they're returning so many pieces. Almost basically everybody I, from that Super Bowl team. A Tom Brady team in general, we can't give him extra possessions. No, so. Limit turnovers is going to be one of the things that you put in bold, underline three times, put four exclamation points next to it, and put yeah. it in italics for some reason. Yeah. I'm generally a, uh, I hate like a keys the win, right? Because it's kind of like, which, you know, I'm, I'm generally not a huge fan of this during a broadcast. I like to do it. Um, but for this game, it, it, I'm just like saying it, it seems kind of like elementary because the these teams are so mismatched that. The keys to win are your just basic generic run the football. It's, it's a you know little, I mean? really fundamentals. Yeah, if we if we get like a like a really close game, like if I don't know if the Bills and Chiefs ever play like prompt like if we're previewing a game that's like big and massive and the teams are close in skill level, my my keys to win aren't going to be run the football. It's going to be like hey, probably come out and cover too because the Chiefs can't you know blank right. Right. It's going to be more in depth, but for this, it's they're so outmatched that there's nothing like X and O's wise that you can really do to manipulate it. It's kind of like. You, you can't play X's and O's with Tom Brady. That's yeah, the thing. Like you're gonna lose. You're gonna lose. Um, so some keys to win for the Bucks, though. I mean, if I, if I had to give some like off the top of my head here, right? Because I, I didn't even write these down because, like I said, they are not. It's not really even that fair of a fight. So you want to go Bucks offense first? Yeah, Bucks offense. I mean, I would, I, I would say, on the outside, you have to win your matchups because I actually do like. The only matchup, like, head-to-head, not, like, position group to position group, like, saying Dallas's offensive line is worse than... I'm talking, like, the Dallas linebackers and safeties. Not even safeties. Mostly linebackers compared to the tight ends of 
the Buccaneers. I actually like Dallas's matchup. I like Micah Parsons. He's really fast. I like Jalen Smith. He can get out in, in coverage. Leighton Vanderesh, Leighton Vanderesh is more of a run stopper, but he still can move pretty well. Mm-hmm. So I like their their matchup there, actually. So I would say for the Bucs, like a key, get on the outside. Like you, you have the guys on the outside. Godwin and, and Evans are significantly better than any DB they're going to go against. So I would say get them on the outside. Absolutely. Yeah. And I'm not even talking about the fact that Antonio Brown's your third wide receiver. So, I mean, get them with your receivers. I would say right. if you have like OJ Howard or Cameron Braid, this will be our fantasy tip here. I'd probably sit them. I don't think they're going to be great fantasy yeah. um, looks this week. Also, going off that, the same idea. I'd probably start quick Chris Godwin instead. Yeah. I think that's kind of a no-brainer, but I would start Chris Godwin. Um, yeah, I like that. Mine would be, for Tampa Bay, work the outside thirds of the field. Um, that's something that I've seen Dallas has really struggle to defend. Uh, their corners and just DBs in general don't respond well to those quick outs, yeah. and, and especially the fades. And that's a ball that Tom Brady throws. Oh. Perfect. So beautiful. And right in that especially back shoulder that back fade. Shoulder. Yeah, especially with Gronk. So the thing, they're going to come out, obviously, as establish a very two-dimensional offense, get the ball going on the ground, obviously. Well, but Yeah, they have two to three really good backs. So. What, what I want to see from them is just establish that those two outside thirds of the field. Yeah. If you can win those, and then you can just keep pounding the run up the middle. Yeah, even if... You, the run, I don't even think, has to be super effective. It just they just need to kind of stay with it. Yeah. Like even if you're averaging two and a half yards a carry, I still wouldn't feel like terrible about it. At like, least make those linebackers give, come up and make tackles. You have to give them looks. Like, Let them you come have up. To, you have to run the football, even if it's not terribly effective. Right, and um, you're you're bound to run into a blitz at least once or twice, and and, and see where something. that takes you. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I would say defensively, you don't. I kind of the same as the. The Cowboys, but get pressure up the middle. Zach Martin is out. That's the weakness um, right now is that Connor McGovern, who's now filling in, he's, I think that's left guard. But uh, they're going to be a little bit weaker up the middle. That's their leader. That's their anchor. That's their rock. So the middle of that offensive line is going to be a little bit shakier. I'd say exploit it. Blitz it. I think also you have two, they have two really good blitzing backs in Levante, David, and Devin White. Blitz. They do. Blitz. Like get, get, to, the, get to the quarterback. Right. Yeah, I mean, Dak's going to be uncomfortable already. There's not really any structure to protect him. So, yeah, and, he, and he's coming off an injury. Two of them, actually. So. Right. And, and he might be a little more, you know, cautious to be hit right now. Absolutely. Especially with what some of these leaked reports have been saying, coming out about his shoulder, and that it's not all 100% there yet. So, we will see. Yeah, so who do you think you're um, the best player in the game is going to be? Not for fantasy, but just the best player. Devin White. And I, I think we said this earlier. I think with a very deteriorated offensive line and especially with how much they like to blitz him. I think he just absolutely eats this game up. Alright, I'm gonna I'm gonna kinda speak it into existence here for my fantasy football team, but uh <laughs> Ronald Jones, the the running back for Tampa Bay. He's I would say he's their RB one. They do a little bit like by committee. You know, Giovanni Bernard's a little bit better out of the backfield. Leonard Fournette's kind of the guy, the not a bell cow, obviously, but he's he's the a little bit more powerful. Mm-hmm. But I would say Ronald Jones is the most well-rounded back. He's also the most explosive when it comes to big runs. He breaks more big runs than either of the other two. Um, so I think there's going to be a couple runs in this game where he does break it big, and you're going to be like, uh, looking back, second quarter tie ball game, right? Um, and then he breaks a run, and boom. The the uh, the Bucks go on like a thirteen nothing run, right? So I think I think you're going to see something like that. I think I already hit the best fantasy players. I was going to do that last, but I think I already kind of got to that. I just said yeah, just Bruce Pass again. Yeah, start Chris Godwin if you have him, and that's because I like the or I don't like the matchup of of uh, Tampa Bay's tight ends against the linebackers of Dallas. So I would sit the tight ends of Tampa if you have them, and probably start Chris Godwin or Mike Evans or. You know, anyone like that on the outside. Right. So, but that's kind of about it for our predictions. Yeah. So, I mean, just to kind of wrap up, number one, I can't wait for football. Oh, it feels so good. When I, I got a new TV today. I'm, I'm all set. I'm ready now. Get Red Zone I'm on ready. there and you're good to go. Exactly. So, it, well, Red Zone, we're, you know, we'll get that figured out in like the next two days-ish. Uh, that's something I want to have nailed down and hammered out by Saturday at the latest. Absolutely. It can't be Sunday. You can't be Sunday morning trying to find no, out how to do that. No, 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 no. 
red zone is a staple and that's how we get the content for the show but guys we're gonna take a break we will be back that was our first predictions of the year so be back segment two don't go anywhere don't want to miss it hey guys what's going on it's the guys over here at the issue excited to announce a new supplement opportunity for you guys through phoenix fitness spelled f n x capital f n and x use code tj2021 when you click the link in our link tree or go to fnx.com tj2021 it'll get you 15 percent off store wide go out and get yourself an am protein blend just drank mine orange dreamsicle my personal favorite flavor and then at nighttime you can recover with their wide variety of bca amino acid recovery formulas as well with creatine glutamine um, nighttime protein blend it's a pm blend spice and melatonin in there put you right to sleep go check it out phoenix fitness yo what is up listeners and people of mostly america i think we have some like sweden and uh you know and people of the world I, I guess um Thanks for thanks for stopping by. Thanks for listening to the second segment. Um, we did our predictions cool. in the first. Yeah, no way to just yeah. Yeah, you're good. Um, <laughs> uh, we are gonna. Sorry for that, guys. Yeah, I and then uh, now here in the second segment, I have a little little mini rant as well, like as like a discussion with you, kind of about the hometown Steelers. Um, and then yep. we're gonna talk about college football because that was a pretty good weekend. It I have was. to say that was uh, it was enjoyable to watch, and I 100% watched. Not 100% watched. I didn't fully straight up watch every single game. And I didn't watch a single game the whole way through. But I watched a lot of a lot of games. That's true. I, did I was flipping back and forth between stuff. So I didn't, like I say, full 100% watch a game start to finish. But I was flipping back and forth between a couple. Um, watching a lot of highlights. Even a couple of recaps. Like where it's, you know, almost every play. Um, it was a good weekend. And also in the final segment, we're going to do new a new little game. Kind of. We do games similar, right? But this mm-hmm. one's called Hall or Fall. Um, talk about if people that are kind of on the border, some that are even aren't on the border, um, between the Hall of Fame and obviously falling short. But for now, TJ Watt. TJ Watt. I, I'm, I'm a little bit confused, right? So I'm going to just say, like what's going on if people aren't aware. Um, the, the Steelers have a long-lasting rule in their organization in their franchise that you do not discuss contract issues during the season they simply won't do it they won't tolerate it they will not you know whoever the gm the owner you will not sit down and have a meeting with them your agent nothing regarding a contract there will not be discussion between the sides about a contract during the season yes so that leaves like pretty much no time to get a deal worked out you know at this point in time it's wednesday night right September 8th, yes. September 8th it is a Wednesday night. They play on Sunday. I'm thinking, I don't know what the threshold is. I don't know if the cutoff is Saturday. You're getting down to the wire, right? T.J. Watt has said that he will consider not playing. He's playing as of right now. As, yeah, of, as of now he's playing, but he's all, I've also seen stories that says he won't play. That says he's, he's contemplating. Both, yeah. I've seen both. He, so he's probably on the fence. If you don't sign T.J. Watt, what in your right mind, are you doing, right? This is not a money problem. Don't let people tell you to, like, get it get it skewed. Oh, the, the Steelers have no cap space this year. This deal is an extension. It's not going on this year. He's already signed through a contract for this year. Next year, we have the most cap space in the NFL next year. Yep. Like, the number one cap space in the NFL, the entire league, next year. I, I don't understand... Why you wouldn't sign this player? Why you wouldn't sign DJ Watt? This goes back to the to the Jamal Adams thing. I've said this before. If you're gonna an organization, right? You draft what you need most of the time. Very few teams draft for depth. I thought the Buccaneers this past year were the only team that drafted for depth. Kansas City didn't have a, a first round pick, so they drafted for necessity. Though going into the later rounds, they got an offensive lineman and, and a couple other pieces that they needed. The Buccaneers have an elite group at almost every single position group, except for secondary. Yeah. There weren't any good value at corners at where they picked at 32. They picked an absolute beast of a pass rusher. They have good pass rushers already. They drafted for depth. 
Most teams draft for need. The Jets drafted Jamal Adams because they needed a safety. The Steelers drafted TJ Watt because they needed pass rushing and dynamic playmakers on the edge of their of their linebacking group and at the edge of the uh, at the edge of the D line. They needed dynamic, explosive players, so you drafted TJ Watt. He's a freak of nature. He has now exceeded, in my opinion, if he hasn't exceeded your expectations, I'm not sure what your expectations were, right? Guy that kind of looked undersized coming out of uh, coming out of uh, Wisconsin. Didn't really know what he was going to be. Is he kind of living in the shadow of J.J.? What, is, he, is he all that? He's fast, but he looked a little slender. He's now the best edge rusher in the league. He was rated ninth overall player by other players, He, which was the number one edge. He led the league in sacks last year. He gets to the quarterback more than anybody. He disrupts the play more than anyone in football. He dominates the line of scrimmage and makes people look ridiculous more than anyone in football. You signed the player. I didn't understand it when New York did it with Jamal Adams. I don't understand it now. You drafted him because you needed him. Sign him. When he, when he exceeds your expectations at a position of need, sign the player. That's pretty easy. It's, it's, it's as basic as you're a business slash what, marketing major, right? Yep, business management. Business management, communication, with all that, you know, all that, right? This is pretty easy. They tell you day one, what is it? Assets plus liability equals net worth. Is that it? Mm-hmm. Or no, assets minus well, liability. I'm yeah. sorry. Assets minus liability equals net worth. Take away your liability. Right? right? Yes. Is that, yes. That's day one. Can we, can we institute a new rule that it's day one as a general manager? If you draft a position of need, they exceed your expectations equals pay. Draft a position of need plus exceed expectations equals pay. That is now your new formula. That is day one when you walk in. Unless there's off-the-field issues with T.J. Watt, there is absolutely not. You pay the man. Also, are we not sick of this yet in Pittsburgh? And, like, just contract hysteria, it seems like, every two to three years? Like, can we just, like, recognize our talent, pay our talent accordingly the way every other team in the league does when their talent is time to be paid? Like, can we do that one time? Maybe get this one right, guys? Because, yeah. look, we have a lot of cap space. We, we have the most in the NFL going into next season, okay? Why would you start some sort of drama now when you have literally one of the best chances that I've seen to build a team and build a franchise for the next five to ten years? Literally starting next year. You can start that next year. Why with the first thing you're going to do, are you going to mess this one up? I think I think T.J. Watt is someone that you can 100% build around. I know you're looking for a quarterback, but we don't have one right now that you have to pay anyway. So you're probably going to draft one, right? He's at least your defensive so, captain that you can build around. So you're so for the next five years, right? Because you've been this year, and then you're and then theoretically, say we draft a quarterback, right? So you're going to have a quarterback on a rookie deal for the next five plus years, right? Most likely. Yeah. So, you're not paying anybody. You're not, I mean, Juju's making no money. He's on a one-year deal, so that's, you know, we'll see. Mm. Claypool's going to get need, need to get paid eventually. But outside of that, there's not a lot, there's not a lot of areas you need, you need to pay people. Yeah. Like, TJ Watt is of your number one focus. Minka Fitzpatrick, I would say, is up there. And then Claypool's your third. I think you can pay all three of those. I've, I've seen teams with way more than three good players like you could pay your top three guys it will be okay and then maybe find somebody at least the the one of your better guys on the o-line and try to build an o-line with him in it and you start to pay those type of guys and and throw some money at some at some linemen but here's the thing like don't mess this up don't outthink the room on this one just sign them it's like it's one of those things it would be like if Otani was up for a contract right now. Would the Angels just be like, "Nah, I don't know. We're not. We're gonna think it over for a little bit." No, you, you sign him. He's a top talent. You you give him and you pay him how a top talent should be paid in the current market, which right now, he's worth a lot. T.J. Watt is TJ worth Watt, a lot. T.J. Watt is worth a lot, especially that's a position of value. Very. I say it all the time. You get a quarterback, you protect yours, and you get. Their quarterback with somebody, aka TJ Watt. Yeah, I don't. This is so. I'm going to tell you why this is uh, this is happening in Pittsburgh. Because if you pay TJ Watt right, then you're going to pay Minka and Chase right. So that means 
that means that you're going to be not restricted with the cap, but you, you know, you're going to be, you're going to have to make some clever moves with it, right? You, you're paying three pretty, pretty top players, right? You're going to have to be a little bit more clever, right? Yeah. That means you have to hit in the draft, right? Like you've got to, you get a hit because that, that's cheap labor. Draft is cheap labor. Basically, when it comes down to it, you have you to those, hit those three to four years pretty cheap. Yeah, and it's a, they're all rookie deals, right? You have to hit in the draft then if you're going to pay your players big. I think the Steelers are afraid that then all of the focus is going to go to the draft, and if they whiff, the blowback is going to be crazy, and they know that they're seen as this stable organization, and they don't want the blowback if they can't hit on the draft picks. That's a lot of pressure that I don't think they want. I think that's the reason why. Yeah, um, and. and being from Pittsburgh, I can say that we haven't been the best drafting franchise. Well, it just depends at positions. Yeah, wide I mean, receiver we draft wide really rece- well. Wide receiver, one of the best in the league. But outside pass of that, rushers, I mean, we draft pretty well. Yes, there it's a little uh, position by position. It gets a little thin after that. DBs, not so much. DBs are terrible. Yeah, we we're not going to draft Burns their DBs. Was a miss. That was a miss. That was big a big time. miss. I like Terrell Edmonds, but I would say he's he is. Maybe meet expectations, but it'd be a little bit. I think he's closer to underwhelming. Yeah, um, um, they're just not like a traditional like big pick kind of team. I don't know. I don't yeah, know what but it is. It, yeah, but I get what you're saying. I I just think it's a no brainer that that you pay T.J. Watt. I don't. I I can't justify not paying him. Mm-hmm. I can't make an argument to not pay T.J. Watt. So let's get into what we saw this past weekend with college football you got the scores coming up now we're going to run down a couple of the big games i remember people talking about the the bama and miami game talking about how competitive it was going to be i mean did anyone else obviously can't do a show of hands right but i mean like do a virtual show of hands did everybody else know that that was going to turn out like that 44 13 alabama throttled miami did i mean we kind of all knew that right yeah that wasn't a shocker to me um, the Virginia Tech and North Carolina game was not a shocker to me. I think Sam Howell is massively overrated as the quarterback for, for North Carolina. I think he's massively overrated. Such They a- lost a lot of talent. You're going to a hostile environment early with a, f- a fairly young team. And to talk about that hostile environment, did you see how insane that stadium was? Oh, my God, yeah. It was, it was crazy. It was they, crazy. They, like, sang enter sandman like the whole stadium like all however many hundred like however many thousand people that were there it was insane the place was literally vibrating <laughs> no it, it, it was awesome and uh another atmosphere that was good i guess for like the first part of the game there was that minnesota and ohio state towards the end fans were trickle out a little bit but uh it wasn't even that bad of a game um osu won 45 31 Kind of pulled away a little bit there at the end. Um, I mean, OSU is the better team. Did we? I kind of expected it, I guess. Yeah. Um, CJ Stroud looked good. He's a Heisman candidate, I would say. I wouldn't say front runner, but you know, he looked okay. He looked like a freshman making his first start. He threw four touchdowns in his first start. Managed the game. Only had one turnover, so I think he could have played worse. Right. Did you catch that? Uh, Penn State and Wisconsin. Penn State barely edged him out, sixteen yeah. to ten. Uh, Sean Clifford looked good, 18 for 33, 247 yards with a touchdown, no picks. I think the thing, it doesn't, the the, uh, the stat line itself isn't overwhelming, right, the 18 for 33. Wisconsin's got a really good defense, though, and it's the no picks thing that was massive. Right. Because when you go to the flip side and see Graham Mertz with no touchdowns, two picks, it, it, it makes you go, okay, so it can't kind of came down to who made less mistakes. Yes. And and I, Clifford played a cleaner football game, quite simply. Yes. Um, oh, you barely escaped Tulane. It was actually not as close as the score indicated. Tulane only lost by five. Uh, it was forty to thirty-five, Oklahoma. But it was like forty. It was like forty to twenty-ish, something like that. Like early in the fourth, right? So Tulane kind of put it on at the end there. Spencer Rattler, though, thirty for thirty-nine. So. Efficient. Oh, that's fairly Three hundred and four yards, a touchdown, but two picks. The two the two picks was rough for me. He did run one in on the ground as well, but uh, the one the one pick was fairly bad. I still don't think it. I don't think it kills his Heisman chances, but I will say that I think Bryce Young for Alabama kind of put himself. He's now the betting favorite to win Heisman. Kind of put himself in that 
uh, out ahead of the pack, if you the will, upper, right? Upper tier yeah, to as start a fre- the season. As a freshman, I'm not saying, like, I kind of banged on Miami saying, like, I knew that Alabama would win, but Miami's still got players. Like, they're still a pretty good team. I, I'm not sure if they, they have any, like, NFL caliber guys, right? But they're still a pretty good team, and he carved them up. Like, it was effortless. 27 for 38, 344 yards, four touchdowns, no picks. No picks, yeah. Like, oh. he, he, like, carved them up. It was efficient. It was accurate that he had tempo he had pace he he had poise he commanded the offense well he and he just looked smooth he looked like he's been there a thousand times yep and it's not easy to do no crowd was huge etc right um what else you think i would say i would say the georgia clemson game is worth talking about right Mm -hmm. clemson now has to win out and they have to win out in convincing fashion because the acc is terrible and the acc was put on display as being terrible this past weekend Every major S or uh, ACC team lost except for like Pitt, and I wouldn't say they're say they're major. Like Louisville lost by a lot. Florida State lost. Um, it, it wasn't a good look for the for the ACC. Like I said, all the major teams lost. Carolina lost, and they they were one of the only teams that was thought to be able to compete with Clemson. So now they have to win out, and like I said, in convincing fashion to to be in. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, and that's one of the things with the college playoffs that we see every year. Like, you can't afford to drop a game. You can't. Yeah. Because you see it, I see it every year with Penn State. I try to keep up with them. Seven, they go like, they get to like six and oh. They'll, they'll drop one, six and one, right? They were just like number two for the first time. They'd, now they fall back to eight. Now they're, you know, six and one. And when a couple more games start climbing back into it, you're like, oh, maybe there's a shot. Okay, they could get in with one loss, but this has to happen, this has to happen. These two teams have to lose. These people have to tie. We have to win by at least three and a quarter points, and we'll get in. Yeah. And then they end up losing to, like, Ohio State or Michigan. But you can't afford to drop games. The games are so valuable. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, I 100% agree. Yeah, Georgia put themselves in a spot, though, to make it like, oh, off the rip. 100%. That's a signature win. Yeah. Uh, I thought they played well. I think the the thing was they controlled the line of scrimmage. They got to – I think they sacked Clemson like seven times, and uh, they ran the football well as well. Georgia did. So uh, the line of scrimmage was huge. Um, outside of that, nothing too crazy. I would say UCLA beating LSU is good. I think UCLA's got – they got real players. They're, they're like a good team. Mm-hmm. I like their quarterback a lot. And Chip Kelly's been kind of impressive, like very impressive. They got the transfer um, running back Charbonnet, I think I'm saying it right. Yeah, I just I just looked at it. Uh, Charbonnet, right, transfer from Michigan, has been a unit this year. So, I, I mean, they look good. They look like they could probably win the, Pac, the Pac-12. Yeah. I mean, Oregon will give them a run, and USC will, but they, I mean, so far they look better than Oregon, actually. Oregon looked shaky. Oregon did. They only only, uh, won by a touchdown against, who was that, Fresno State, which Fresno's Fresno's not terrible either, but you beat them by more than a touchdown if you're truly a contender, I think. Exactly. Um, That's about it for college football. Yeah, that's about it. I would say looking ahead, you got Oregon and OSU this coming week, and that is pretty much the marquee matchup and one of the only marquee matchups. You're getting kind of back into the – that, that first week of college football is always the great matchups. Then you're getting back into, let's see, Western Carolina at Oklahoma. That's going to be good. Western Carolina. Let's see. what I wonder what the odds are opening up as. Oh, they don't even have them so far. They don't even have them yet. Yeah. It's it's going to be insane. You get like a like a Georgia State going to North Carolina. North Carolina is a 25-point favorite. Like It's, it, it's going to be one of those weekends. Well, either way, we have week one of NFL this weekend, so we will not be hurting for content uh that is it for segment two we will be back with our game hall or fall in segment three don't go anywhere what's up guys it's the uh, boys here from the issue we just wanted to give the guys over at rockville a formal shout out yeah they are fantastic they have everything from lighting to audio for your car your boat and power sports along with you know that's even where we got our new equipment for the studio yeah, no, absolutely. For some great equipment, um, hit up Rockville Audio. Check out their great prices um, for all your audio, uh, podcast, microphone needs. Yo, what up? We are back. Third segment of the issue on, um, what is it, Wednesday, September 8th. Uh, we got a, a pretty good, uh, more of a fun segment here. Um, one of our games, it's a new one. 
guess, technically. Tim brought this idea. It's called Hall or Fall. So, basically, explain to him what it is. Um, it's just basically like, so you're going to give me, like we have six of them listed, right? Six, there? yes. Um, so, a list of six people, uh, professional athletes, former, and I think there's a couple current, mostly former. No, actually. A couple former. It's, just, it's actually three and three. Okay. Um, and I'm going to tell you if they, if their career so far or total is Hall of Fame worthy or if they have fallen short of a Hall of Fame career. Okay. So let's get into it. Hall or fall. All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. So first up, we're going to give you a softball one. Kind of get you warmed up, right? You don't go into the cage and start swinging full force. So I'm not going to give you one that's going to, you know, require a lot of thought. Number one off the bat, Tom Brady. Yes, Tom Brady's a Hall of Famer. Seven Super Bowls. Um... I mean, he's in the top 10 in pretty much every major category stat-wise. Um, the number one being winning. You know, he wins more than anybody that's pretty much ever, ever played like a sport, let alone football. He's the best quarterback and probably the best football player of all time. Um, one of the best athletes of all time as well, just in general. Um, that That's so easy. I, also, it's not listed, but I would say Derek Jeter is also in that as well. Look, I know people – I was actually talking about this today. He might be the most overrated athlete, but I still think he is also a Hall of Famer. And I don't even think it's all that close. People, the only reason he's overrated is because he's rated as like the best baseball player to ever play, which he's not. He's probably not even the best shortstop, but he is one of the best. He is absolutely undoubtedly a Hall of Famer just because he's not the best ever. Yeah. Doesn't mean he's not a Hall of Famer. Okay. Number two, another quarterback, Cam Newton. Okay. Cam is no, that doesn't, no, he's a fall. He has fallen short of a. A Hall of Fame career thus far. So I'm gonna tell you why. He hasn't done enough, right? I like the MVP. That's good. He's a three-time Pro Bowler. He's a one-time All-Pro. He, he reached the Super Bowl and looked overwhelmed. He looked okay last year, but not good. Not not Hall of Fame worthy. Would you would you put that in the Hall of Fame? Because that has been the majority of his career. If you take out. His MVP year, which is one brilliant stroke of of greatness. One great stroke, right? Yeah. You take out that year. Well, he's like superbly average. And now and, cut. And below average. And he's now been cut from a team and benched for a guy named Mac Jones, who started one year of college football. Um, doesn't look like an athlete. Isn't athletic, to be honest with you. He can throw the ball pretty well. Um, it's... It's not a good look for Cam. I'm just gonna say it. I would go with uh, I would go with fall. I think he's falling short. Okay, number three, switching sports into baseball with Pete Rose. So this is a highly debated one. That's why I wanted to do it. I think Pete Rose is 100% a Hall of Famer. I don't really get it. Are we are we aware that Pete Rose played for 23 years at a very high level for the for the same team for the majority of it? He bounced around like a little bit, went to Philly and Washington, like a little bit. Like it it was impressive what he did. He debuted in 1963. He didn't retire till 1986. Um, he's a career. I don't know, like 300 plus hitter. Let's put a 303. So I was right. He only has 160 home runs, but that's fine because he is Mr. Hit. He's an MVP. He's been a Rookie of the Year. He's a 17-time All-Star. His career war is almost 80, which is unheard of. I don't understand how you how you could say P. Rose isn't a Hall of Famer. Look, for betting, which is now legal. He gambled on his own game. That's fine. Like, look, I get it. That's frowned upon, right? That's not that's not good. It's actually illegal, right? That's fine. But in the grand scheme of things, he was betting, and he's now. There's this like taboo around him being in the Hall of Fame because he bet. That that's kind of silly. That's dumb. Right. Do you know how many pitchers? Wasn't there a pitcher that pitched no hitter on on acid and he's in the Hall of Fame? That's an illegal drug. Like. Yeah. Like I don't. I don't I'm, I'm confused here. What our morals are. Right. Uh, somebody who did it for so long. But uh, into number four and staying in baseball with Andrew McCutcheon, little hometown Pirates. So I've been like really back and forth on this. So I'm going to give a, a two-parted answer. I don't think he is right now. 
I don't think he's a Hall of Famer as stands right now. He's an MVP, a five-time All-Star, and he does have a gold glove to boast. I would like to see him get, like, two more two more All-Stars under his belt, which is, that's a lot to ask out of, uh, from a guy at his age, right? He's, I mean, he's, like, in his 30s now, right? I get it. He's been doing it for a while, since 2009, so 12 years in the league. Um, but I, I look at his stats. He's a, he's a career 281 lifetime hitter. That's Hall of Fame good if you have if you bring something else to the table, which he brings a great glove. Um, his his career war is for his career war is forty six. That's that's pretty good. You're getting close to Hall of Fame level there, and and he's got two hundred sixty seven home runs. I think if you look up in you know a couple years here, and he he's looking at like three hundred and fifty home runs, still hitting around two eighty, and he might add like a, a one or two All Star games. I think he could be an MVP or a, a Hall of Famer. I'm sorry. Yeah, but I don't think he is as it stands right now. Okay, number five. Eli Manning. See, now this is tough because the next one we're going to do after this, who I'll just, I'll tell you right now, is Philip Rivers, um, is going to counter this argument. But I think Eli Manning is a Hall of Famer. And I'm going to say despite, though, despite not ever being, he never once for a single season in his career or even a single few seasons, like cumulative couple seasons, was a top three quarterback in the NFL at any point in time during his career. Like, even Ben, for one or two years there, was, like, the guy or the number two guy. Just for a little stroke of time there, right? Eli was never that guy. But, I will say, this is why he's a Hall of Famer in my eyes. Can you tell the story of the of the NFL without him? Right? If you tell it without if Eli Manning's not in the way of Tom Brady... Are we aware that Tom Brady has nine Super Bowls? If if it wasn't for Eli Manning, nine. Can we can we put that into perspective? Nine Super Bowls yeah. and a lot more like back-to-backs and stuff like that. Like if it wasn't for Eli Manning, the game would be drastically different. And um, I, I don't think... Like I said, I don't think you could tell the story of football without Eli Manning. He won on the biggest stage against the best player of all time. That's a Hall of Famer in my eyes. Mm-hmm. I don't know what you think. No, I Give think your input on this one. Look, he played for a very long time. He did keep Brady from those two extra Super Bowls, which yeah. thank God. Like nine? <laughs> like it would have been nine. And like the sad part is he could still He could still maybe get nine. Do it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um no, yeah, I would say he's a Hall of Fame quarterback. Yeah, so the next one on the list. Number six, the final one, Philip Rivers. So now this is the one that I said contradicts Eli because I said Eli is going to make it despite not being a top three quarterback any given year. Well, I think that's the reason Phillip Rivers doesn't make it because he wasn't a, he wasn't a top three quarterback at any point in his career, not for a single season. Um, look, he he's fine. He's eight time Pro Bowler. He's uh, he's a comeback player of the year. Look, I, eight like an eight time Pro. That's fine. That's less than half the years he played. He was Pro Bowl worthy. Like Kirk Cousins is probably going to end up with like six Pro Bowls. Yeah, you know what I mean. So it's I think he's already got four. Like is look, I know Philip Rivers is better than Kirk Cousins, but I mean, you got to put up something. Like I need you to give me something. Yeah, perform a little bit. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure. And he, he never got it done when it counted. Like, Eli Eli wasn't a top three quarterback either. But come playoffs, the dude was unstoppable. He has some of the best plays in NFL history. That throw that, that got caught on the helmet, I know that it was a great catch. How about the escape ability of, of Eli Manning? He looked like Houdini in the pocket. Mm-hmm. Like, I had him down as a sack, 100%. Same thing. And then the- you see his jersey and stuff. He gets, like, ripped out of there. Same thing on that throw to Odell. With a one-handed catch, mm-hmm. <laughs> it was okay. It's iconic. Well, it wasn't it was, a great throw, but no. the throw to Mario Manningham in the Super Bowl against the Patriots down the sideline. Yeah. Oh my God, the throw to Odell is iconic. Though. Well, yeah, but it was still a pretty good throw. It was. He was still pressured. He still had to step up. And yeah. He made a really nice throw. It does help him. Like I said, it's an, it's an iconic 100%. throw. The throw to Mario uh, Mario Manningham down the sideline as well in the in the second time they played the Patriots and beat the Patriots. That was one of the best throws of all time as well, where he's kind of catches it over his left shoulder there. Yeah. Beautiful. 
Philip Rivers doesn't have any of those signature moments. They're like, oh, how about when he came back with a torn ACL to play the Patriots? And I'm like, yeah, and he lost. Like, yeah. I get it. Or that's when he, awesome. Like, that's screamed awesome. at the other coach from the sideline. Yeah, like that's great that he played with a torn ACL. Like he lost though. Like I, I love, I love the heart of Philip Rivers. He's one of the best guys to ever play in the NFL. Yeah, it's super but, funny too. Oh, great guy. Like awesome. Big fan of his. I wouldn't say it was a Hall of Fame career though. Like I. I it took a lot of hearts to, and a lot of guts to play with a torn ACL. But in the grand scheme of things, if this is a legacy discussion, you lost the football game in the playoffs. Like I don't, that's that's just a loss in the in the scorebook. So I think eventually, I know anecdotal evidence stuff like that's good. Eventually, I need I need stuff. You know, you get give me something on the stat sheet. Like you got to give me something, to, paper pencil to look at. That doesn't say, oh, well, we had a lot of heart that game. Yeah. That doesn't show up, though. So. Right. So I'm going to run down the names. You give me the Hall or Fall. So Tom Brady. That's Hall. And then Cam Newton. That's Fall. Pete Rose. That's Hall. Andrew McCutcheon. That's Fall right now. Possibility for a Hall. Eli Manning. Hall. And Philip Rivers. Yeah, that's Fall. All right. That was Hall or Fall. That's a pretty good one. I like that. Yeah, I like it. That, that that's probably going to make it back, and because uh, I, I think there's a couple that we we didn't hit that are that could de- we could definitely talk about for a while. Oh, a hundred percent. And we didn't even get to Barry Bonds, and, they, and there's there's a lot of other players, right? Big Ben, who for some reason I don't understand how that would even be debatable. But like, like I said, we'll get into all that stuff, and uh, you know if we ever play this again because it was it was fun. I liked that, and uh, you know I thought up the rhyme, and so I'm going to take pride in thinking up. Hall or fall because it just sounds good. Yeah, it was good. That was a, that was a win for you. Yeah, yeah that, was that, was a, good. that was a good one. Um, guys, go follow our Instagram at the underscore issue podcast, and then go over to our Twitter. Follow that just at the issue podcast. We'll be active while we're watching the games this uh, well Thursday tomorrow yep. and uh, and Sunday as well. So yeah, um, so we'll be active on social media. Make sure you subscribe, guys. Subscribe to. The issue mic'd up. Our subscription episodes three ninety nine a month. Uh, the link is in the link tree and on the website. You can go sign up. Um, that content will be so great. I'm so excited to start that first episode. Will be out on Friday, and we will have another regular issue episode. We will be back on Saturday. Okay, so we'll get you that episode on Saturday. That way, we get all the predictions for Sunday. You're locked and ready to go. And then if you you know go ahead and, and spring the three ninety nine to get the uh, it's an investment remember to get the subscription you get the betting lines you're gonna get so much more in depth on all these games a little bit more laid back setting it's gonna be a good time so guys thank you so much for listening and that was the issue.